We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 8th day of February, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am John Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, good to see you. How was your weekend? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm healthy and alive. Uh, I don't know. I, I, good weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm out of it today. I'm tired. Uh-huh. Uh, that uh, wonderful, wonderful little pup that we have. Uh, yeah, he's been a pain in the ass. Well, I'm very sorry to hear it, but I hope that uh, better days are on the horizon for you. Oh, indeed. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really do much over the weekend. And to be fair, I am I'm I'm literally at at the end. I'm overwhelmed. I, I'm overwhelmed by what's actually happening. That's not being talked about in the mainstream media. And there's nothing I can do. There, there's nothing I can do to cover it. As in, I, I can't give it the the amount of time and the respect and the recognition that it deserves because I just can't keep up with it. It's just not possible. Even if we had an entire team of people, as in dedicated researchers constantly working on things, there is positively no way that we could keep up with everything that's going on just here where I'm at, let alone Canada, the UK, France, Italy, the Netherlands, Belgium. There's no way we could cover all that. It's just not possible. Everything's starting to come to a head. But we're going to focus on Canada for just a little bit. This is what's being talked about now. The Canadians are, well, clear, clearly the Canadians have decided to step up and retake control of their country, which is perfectly normal considering what they've been through. Same thing with the Aussies, right? The Aussies have stood up. You've got what looks to me, now I could be wrong on the, wrong on the numbers, we haven't got an official count yet, but it looks to me like you've got nearly 100,000 Aussies that are at the capital of Canberra, and they're not leaving. They're camped up there. They said they're staying. The people in Canada say that they're staying. They're not moving. And that's good. That's good. It's time to choke off these cities. As in, it's time to grind these people that are in these buildings and in these bureaucracies. It's time to grind that to a halt. You see, life for them hasn't stopped. They've continued on as normal. So it's time for we, the people, to gum up the works for them just a little bit. Oh, they've had the, the run of the place for the last two years for everybody else. But for the rest of us, it's been get in your house, shut up, and, and don't say anything. Wait for a vaccine. But when you get a vaccine, two vaccines is not enough. Now you need three. Now you need four. Now you need five. And, and you can't come out until you do that. Oh, and by the way, if you go to any of these places, you can only do that for three months until you have to take another one so you can get another green tick on your whatever garbage digital ID system that they're rolling out for you. It's okay when they do that, but when people stand up, when families stand up, when working class people stand up, then that's a problem. Two groups of people specifically, I know there's more than this, but just for the sake of argument, let's just go with this. Two groups of people specifically in a society, any society, that you don't want to piss off truckers, 
and farmers. Those are the two people in any society, any industrialized civil society that you don't want to piss off. And they've pissed off both of them. Trucks. Why are truckers key in this? Well, truckers, at least currently in our current system and anything on the near horizon, nearest I can tell, they are the life's blood of our systems of our way of life. The so-called elites, and I, I, I hate to even call them that because that implies that they've actually accomplished something. They haven't accomplished anything, really. So I don't even want to give them the, uh, the satisfaction of referring to them as an elite. But I digress. They have nothing to replace the trucks with. They have nothing to replace the farms with, as in the farmers. The implements that they use, the agricultural systems that, that they use, their harvesters, their tractors, everything else. You want to get rid of fuel. You get rid of fuel, you get rid of farming. You get rid of farming, you get rid of shipping. They don't have a viable replacement. The arrogance of these people is legion. It's beyond reproach. You listen to these people and they sit up there. They openly sit up there on the stages at, uh, uh, at the World Economic Forum this year. They're sitting up there actually calling themselves elites. The arrogance of these people. Whenever you have that kind of arrogance throughout history, it causes mass famine, suffering, death for no reason other than to serve their own selfish self-interests. So the Aussies are standing up. The Germans are standing up. I, I, can't even, I can't even keep track of what's going on over here. They're having protests over the weekend. By the time I was able to talk to Bruce about one of them today, there were a thousand more that popped up. I, I can't keep up with it, of what's happening here. It's every town, every city, every village. It's everywhere, and it's ignored. One of these towns, I, I mean, hell, they're putting up, t in a lot of these places, they're putting up tens of thousands of people. It's unbelievable to see. The Canadians, tens of thousands of people. The Aussies, tens of thousands. The French, the Italians, all amazing numbers, and it's all peaceful. But you have the demonization. Of course you have that. It all started with January 6th in the United States. Does everybody remember January 6th? All started with January 6th. All oh, these are domestic terrorists. It's the worst uh, worst tragedy since uh, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, the Civil War, and blah, 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 right? So on and so forth. Bruce is already laughing at me. But that's what they've been saying. Now you can see that agenda. They took the agenda from the U.S. and they're now transitioning it to these other nations. They're doing it in Australia, calling them domestic terrorists. They're doing it in Canada, calling them domestic terrorists. They're doing it in Germany, in France, in Italy, all these big countries, all these big Western nations where you have these, these uprisings. The, uh, the head of the German intelligence service said that uh, they can see the new enemy, of, excuse me, the new face of the enemy of the state, and it's neither right nor left, and it's emerging at the anti-COVID protests. Well, sir, you just classified more than, I'd say probably more than 40% of your country as domestic terrorists. How are you going to deal with that? Canada, right? Let's let's jump back to Canada. Canada, they are now domestic terrorists. You knew that was coming, right? They're shifting the agenda of working class people, of families, of farmers, of truckers. They're shifting that agenda to fit the domestic terrorist agenda, exactly what you saw out of January 6th of 2021 in the United States. A state of emergency has been declared in the city of Ottawa. A state of, you hear that? You hear that? A state of emergency has been declared. Why? Well, I'll let the city councilor explain why it has been declared as a state of emergency. Today, we are on day eight of this occupation. Our city is Occupation. under siege. siege. This group is emboldened by the lack of enforcement by every level of government. They are terrorizing our residents, Terrorism. torturing them with incessant honking, threatening Torture. them and <laughs> preventing them from leading their lives. People uh -huh. cannot go to work. 
or open their businesses. They cannot oh. <laughs> sleep, walk, shop, go to medical appointments, or enjoy their neighborhood. This group is a threat to our democracy. What uh -huh. we're seeing is bigger than just a city of Ottawa problem. This is a nationwide insurrection. This is madness. We uh -huh. need a concrete plan to put an end to this now. Okay. Now, all of the things that she mentioned there, she wasn't too concerned about them doing exactly the same thing two years ago and keeping with them until recently on all of the population. You couldn't go get medical care. You couldn't go to open your business. You couldn't go to a business, even if there was a, quote, essential one open. You couldn't go to church. Ask, ask Pastor Peslovsky how that worked out for him. How many times has that poor man been arrested now? Five, six? Yeah, three, three or four, I think. Yeah. That we know of, yeah. That we know of. It shouldn't have happened once. This is a this is a <laughs> this is a city that's under siege. This is really a national insurrection. Any of this sound familiar? Yeah. Um a it, it, exactly this, um, you know, where we, we've seen a protest of uh, it was, in fact, mostly peaceful, um, contrary to what happened during the summer of love. And there were uh, some problematic people, which we've seen uh, w with the, the Canada bit. Um, there were problematic people, but it, it all fit the same group, Antifa. Well, for America, it was also feds. Um, but uh, I, I find it interesting that she's talking about people are unable to go to work or open their business or do any of these things. Uh, yeah, you, you can't do any of those things unless you have a vaccine passport anyway. So um, what, what I... Well, Bruce, the, see, now, you're, you're misunderstanding here. You see, 90% of Canadians already have them. And you see, this is just a small fringe minority that's out there causing trouble. Uh, the, the problem is, how many of them are up to date on their vaccines? How many of them have gotten the booster? You're technically, your, your vaccine passport no longer counts if you've not had a booster. So though 90% of their population may be vaccinated, how many of them are boosted, uh, as an example? I know here they, they claim that we have 71% of the population that's vaccinated, uh, or at least had one jab. But the number of people that have had a uh, booster is somewhere in the vicinity of 30%. It's a small portion of the population. So I, I kind of imagine Canada's probably similar, more or less. Yeah, kind of. it kind of went the way we were talking about before. I said once, once they start to roll with these agendas on the booster program, these different political agendas, you're going to see that number get split, and then that number is going to get split, and so on and so forth. So as you continue to extrapolate that data out, and the, these people know exactly what, what I'm sitting here talking about. As they continue to extrapolate that data out, that number that you have of people that do uptakes is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller, simply because the adverse reactions, the all-cause mortalities. I mean, you're not going to be able to hide all that stuff. So the mayor of Ottawa has declared a state of emergency in the city on Sunday in face of the ongoing protest. In a late afternoon release, the city of Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson's declaration reflected the serious danger and threat to the safety and security of residents. Did you hear that, Bruce? The serious danger and threat to the safety and security of the residents. The honking, the torture of the endless honking. <laughs> You know, the, the honk, I, I'm just laughing at that because it's just so it's so menial. It's so stupid. A judge in Ottawa has just <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually sitting here saying this. A judge in Ottawa has just ruled that you cannot honk. <laughs> you can, I'm not. Imagine we're sitting here discussing this. You cannot honk in the city of Ottawa for 10 days. Now. I don't think anybody cares. 
Well, what are they going to do? They're going to go in and arrest all those uh, individuals that continue to honk it, uh, there in Ottawa. Seriously. I think judging by their reactions, you're going to see nonstop honking now. Yeah. Um, if, if it were me, uh, it's, it, you know, again, I'm, I'm a bit petty when it comes to this kind of thing. And I have uh, someone that is a, um, a quote unquote uh, uh, superior say that I'm supposed to do something with no moral uh, reasoning or no logical reasoning, no hell, even kind of a German thing. Like um, there, there's no efficiency to it. If that's not met, I'm probably going to be a pain in your ass. And it, it's not probably it's going to be uh, it's pretty well guaranteed. You, you do those things and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do exactly what you tell me not to do in that scenario out of spite. How dare you? Where, where's where's Greta Thunberg when I when I need that? Where is that? Here. How dare you? Yeah, da- <laughs> yeah. We haven't heard from her in a while. No, she did do the uh, she was talking about uh, something about COVID and climate change the other day and something about how COVID causes something. Yeah, I, but I don't she know. Hasn't- it was reading a script. We, we looked at the clip. Yeah, yeah. We saw about 20 seconds of it. And yeah. I said, OK, this is making me sick. I can't watch anymore. And I turned it off. Yeah, but she's not gotten the kind of um, maybe maybe because she's an adult now. Maybe that's why. Maybe they're not using her as much now because she's legally an adult. She's yeah, like well, 19, 18, they 19 were, now. Yeah, they were they were parading her around at Glasgow. If you remember that. Uh, Yeah, that was she was 18 at that time. Yeah, she but, was already an adult. So I I think yeah, they're going to wait. I, I think they're going to wait and, and see if they can still yeah. continue to because they we know that they need to shift back to climate change. Now, as we trend out and we start going into the uh, the, the spring and summer, they're going to start transitioning into climate change. And you're going to start seeing guess what's coming in your neck of the woods. Tornado season. Right. So it's going to be every little damn thing that happens uh, yep. is going to be is yep. going to be man-made climate change. So uh, we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. I actually don't know how much of a narrative like that. I don't know if they can push that narrative now because of the every, they've been pushing COVID so, so intensely and the, the public is so against them now. Uh, like nobody trusts them anymore. Yeah. Um, and then you have all these uh, quote unquote fact checking organizations that are having uh, producers outed as pedophiles. And I don't think anybody's going to listen if they do the climate change stuff. No, I, I think I think it's it's like what Mr. Dowd said when we played a clip of him yesterday. He was referring to the capital markets and the credit markets, which I completely agree with him on that. But as far as everything else goes, you can apply that same logic to where we are with the political agenda. We're at the end, as in we're at the end of what people are willing to accept as what they say is reality. People have had enough. That That is enough of this. And that's going to become more and more apparent as we move forward. But you saw the occupation, the siege that's happening, the city that's under siege in downtown Ottawa. Did you see all those kids in those inflatable bounce houses down there? Did you see that? Did you see yeah. the people that have taken over the city down there, the children that are jumping on bales of hay? Did you see that? The insurrectionists, yeah. the violent insurrectionists. Yeah, that's that's quite scary seeing those kids in that uh, in those bouncy houses. How dare they? Castle How dare they? Yeah, quite terrifying. In, in uh, minus 15 degrees say? Fahrenheit, I might add. Yeah, I actually I, we, we were watching the video of those uh, beforehand and I have to commend just take a moment and realize the resilience of the human race. They're in minus 15 degree Fahrenheit temperatures, sub-zero temperatures, 
And they're out there playing in a bouncy castle. For those I, wondering, because I, I, I know that everywhere outside of the U.S. is on the metrics, uh, with the exception of the English to a, to a certain extent. Just to put that into perspective for our EU listeners and our listeners down under, that's minus 26 degrees Celsius. That's cold. Yeah, it's, it's a bit chilly. It's a bit chilly. That's when you're uh, you know out fly fishing and you take your waders off and the waders are frozen by the time you're you're able to get them off. So oh, that's yeah. freeze on that's, contact. That's that that is freeze on contact. Yeah. And as you get further west into Canada, before you get to the northern chain of the Rocky Mountains, there's nothing stopping that wind. There is nothing. The only thing standing in between you and that wind is you. That's it. There's nothing else. And that wind will cut through you like a hot knife through butter. It is cold. It is cold. The uh, the cowboys have just showed up out at the Coots border crossing out in Alberta that's just above Montana. So the Coots border crossing there that they've all jammed up and locked up through there with the farmers, the trucks, the con or the, the uh, civilian vehicles. And now the cowboys have showed up. All those ranchers. You see all those ranchers? I mean, that's it. That's one hell of a convoy of people coming in on horseback. That's something I would expect the Americans to do like we did at the at the Bundy Ranch back in the day. That's what I'd expect. Yeah, yeah. That, that's true. Uh, uh, that that's a good reference. Uh, 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 good on them is is all I have to say about it. I mean, it's illegal. <laughs> I, I'm. It's still illegal. I'm the 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 thing that I'm actually uh, is it the for lack of a better term, I, I'm I'm a bit bitter at the Canadians uh, because oh come on, what they're doing um, is, what they're doing is historic, man. Good on them. Yeah, what they're doing is historic. It's good on them, but I'm a bit bitter that they're doing it because this should be what the Americans do. This should be like this is iconic. This is like uh, what what Americans should be known for is constantly fighting for for freedom and liberty and out there doing this kind of stuff to ensure that their freedom and liberty. We should be the ones leading the push for this kind of thing. The world should have been looking to us and been like, yeah, we we're, we want some of that. We're going to do that. That, that. That's a good idea. But instead, well, what did we do? Well, okay. A couple of reasons. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to try and knock the wind out of your sail here, but a couple of reasons. One, the old man made it into the White House. Okay. That's the first thing. So you're not going to have any backups there. You're, you're not going to have any promotion there because the agenda is all going the other way. Okay. He's owned lock, stock and barrel by the CCP. Our, our entire country is being quarterbacked from Beijing. So you're not going to get any, re any response there. The second thing is whether or not it's physically been the Americans that have stood up here, which I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not going to sit here and yank on our own chain, but you can't fault us for this. We're doing everything we can do. And we are Americans. That spirit and that fire of liberty and freedom burns in us every day. We're, we're true constitutionalist patriots, American patriots, and that will never change. So we're doing all we can do here. So I'm not I'm not faulting us. I'm not faulting other people that are doing the same thing as us. I'm not faulting the people that are out there that are trying to do something. I'm not faulting the average person that's out there that doesn't know what to do, that wants to do something, that is awake, that is trying to inform other people, but they're just asleep at the switch. I'm not faulting that. But if you look around the world, if you look around in Australia, in New Zealand, in in hell, in Korea and Japan, South Korea and Japan, all across Europe, I, I can't pick a single country here because it's everywhere. The UK, they're flying Gadsden flags, the yellow flag with the snake that says, don't tread on me. That is our original American flag. So whether or not it's physically the Americans getting up off the couch or the recliner or what the hell ever, or getting out of their big old SUV and going out there and protesting, I don't think it matters. 
What matters is, is that the spirit of what we did is now resonating in all of these countries. I think that's the more important thing. Or would you disagree? So I agree with you as far as it's the American ideal that they're that they're all standing around. However, I'm a filthy American and I think America should still be leading this 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 uh, push. I think we should have been out there uh, causing we should have been showing the world, uh, continuing to show the world. This is what freedom and liberty looks like. This is the what I'm concerned is happening is. America is just becoming more and more complicit, more and more. They just don't care. And I'm concerned that it, it's 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 America is losing America, if that makes sense. Um, it does. It's the America's losing its identity. It's it's yeah. its sense of identity. I, yeah, I understand. I, I understand. Yeah. Well, so that's that's what I'm concerned about more so. I, and I, I agree with you, but you're going to see pockets of it everywhere, of course. I mean, we're still here. You know, we're, we're living, breathing Americans. If anything, we're proof that not all Americans are alike. You know, I, I get that constantly. People are like, you're an American? I, I always tell them yes. And they say, you're you're not like what we hear about. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. We're, we're not. It's it's like the, the whole stereotype of like um, the English or the Germans or the French or whatever. They're not all the same. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a stereotype. But uh, anyway, so all right, let's keep with uh, before we get too off too far off topic. Let's keep with Canada. GoFundMe, they had raised, uh, was just upwards of $10 million on GoFundMe. Mm -hmm. Canadian. And then, how much? Yeah, Canadian. Yeah, Canadian. 10 million it, Canadian. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it, what, a few cents difference? Yeah, yeah, but is it that much difference now? Yeah, it's 8 million US. Interesting. I thought the uh, the currency exchange was a little bit closer than that, but okay, doesn't matter. Nonetheless, 10 million Canadian, okay, 10 million Canadian. GoFundMe turns around after being put under pressure by Trudeau and says, yeah, we're going to have to uh, freeze that 10 million because, well, uh, the, these truckers are now doing this as a profession. So uh, this is no longer a donation. It's no longer a charity. So we're going to have to seize those funds. And we're just we're just going to donate those to charities that we choose. And then that's what's going to happen to the money. Let me explain what that is. OK, if you give money to something, to a charity or to an organization or to a cause, if you do that, and then that person who's taking that money electronically in this case turns around and says, yeah, we're not going to give it to the people that you gave it to us for. So we're just going to give it to someone else. OK, that's called fraud. That is what that is. And when you do it electronically, that's called wire fraud. Somebody please explain to me how what GoFundMe just did, who, by the way, they were more than happy to take funds for the uh, the Seattle Chaz or Chop or whatever in the hell it was. They were happy to do that. That was fine. They managed all of that. No big deal. But this, this, they said, no, 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 sorry. This is a profession. This is not a charity. So we're just going to seize those funds and we're going to dole them out to, to charities that we pick. Somebody please explain to me how this is not a very large wire fraud case. GoFundMe must, uh, they must agree with you as well, because uh, that was the original statement. They were saying that uh, they would refund some of the fund, you know, some of the donators, and then the rest of it would be sent to the charities like you were talking. But following a bunch of backlash, GoFundMe agreed with your position and said, yeah, this doesn't look good. Uh, you know what? We're going to refund all donations. Um, so they have since decided they're refunding all donations to all all the individuals that donated. Good. It also uh, helped but, a little bit that the West Virginia attorney general and the Ohio 
my home state of Ohio, attorney general, decided that they were going to get together and say, if anybody in our states donated to that cause, you need to come forward immediately and we'll file lawsuits against GoFundMe. And that's exactly what it is. It's fraud. It's wire fraud. That's what it is. All that money needs to go back. If you're not going to take up that cause, all that money needs to go back. Immediately when they seized that, Give, Send, Go, which is another site that's like GoFundMe, that kind of thing. They stepped up and said, we'll do it. We'll carry your funds. No problem. People want to donate to us. We'll make sure you get every penny. Upon Give, Send, Go making that statement, if you went to the Give, Send, Go website to try and donate to them, which I went immediately. And at that time, just within a few minutes, they'd already raised $50,000 in just a few minutes. So I went to the site uh, about five minutes later to see how much they had raised. Because within a few minutes, if you raise 50 grand, well, five minutes goes by, you should be able, you should be clearing about 100. So I went to uh, look again and the website was down. It had been so heavily trafficked that within five minutes that it literally crashed the site. And I think it was down for all of that day and possibly part of the next. Before we get too far from it, I want to reemphasize the GoFundMe's uh, Chaz Chop donations. Not only did they accept donations for that, they multiplied the amount that came in. They, they, they sent it? more. Yeah, they matched it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So... Uh, it's it's not just that they accepted donations, but they were basically for the cause. In other words, they were for a, a literal insurrection, a group of separatists that were literally trying to break off from the country. They funded it. It was just like Ben and Jerry's. They had set up uh, set up shop in there. They were giving away free ice cream for the cause. Yeah, just like Ben and Jerry's. Of course, I mean, what can you expect for somebody that has Colin Kaepernick as a flavor? You know, save our world you know, is what it's called. <laughs> You know something, I, I I was I was proposed with a different idea over the weekend, and it, it fits in line with what we're talking about here. Uh-huh. And I I can't say it's wrong. So basically, as conservatives, we're we're typically like we'll do business with anybody. You know, your money's good here. We'll we'll you want to come to yeah. And typically, we're we're also of the mind that you know your, your ideas, your uh, civil discourse. We're we're willing to sit down and have civil discourse. Well, hang on. However, a the Let- let, let me just let me let me hold, let me stop you right there. The whole idea of we'll do business with anybody. Just on that point, I, I want to relate that to what we've been discussing here for the last few days uh, and part of last week. I can't say that that's true anymore. It, let me explain. I, I can't say that's true anymore because I was talking to Ned today on the phone, and I, I was really thinking about this. And you had mentioned this before, but it just kind of shures up where we are now. From where we started, from the the political side of things, and and we've been. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to you know stroke our own egos here, but we've been on the mark since this thing began, as far as like the whole rollout of everything and 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 all that stuff. We've been on the mark. And again, I, as much as I hate to say it, but the the former exec of BlackRock, and after we heard the extended interview of him today, it shores up exactly where we are on the financial side of things, and we're not wrong. As much as I I, I wish the God that we were, but on that point, everything that we've discussed and everything that we've researched here privately. From the start of this thing, we could have made a lot of money. <laughs> we could have made a ton of money, but we didn't. I personally, me, ju- and this is just me, I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night if I had profited from all of this. I, I would, I just wouldn't be able to do it. There, there's no way. I, I couldn't consciously sit here and, and do what we do every day if I knew that we were making money behind the scenes off of everything that we knew. That's just me. Uh, what if, what if I made the argument that we're using the currency of the evil and corrupt, taking it from them and using that money for good. 
okay, there's a balance to that. I, I see your point. I, I see your mm-hmm. point. But there's still, yeah, yeah they're, they're still behind the scenes. I mean, it, it just, it wouldn't sit right with me. I, I mean, it, it just, it just wouldn't. I, I don't know. But I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But I, in that respect, I can't say that I, that we would do business with everybody. At least I wouldn't. Uh, it, because yeah. I, I personally, when when you get into that type of investment, I wouldn't like the kind of company that I'd have to keep. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It it I guess I was more meaning of if, as a business owner, I'm willing to do business with. Oh, anybody. sure. You want to come yeah, and do I business won't. with me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the whole know. vaccine passport, I would not discriminate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. From a business exactly. owner standpoint, 110 percent on board with you. Yeah. Uh, so the the argument that was presented, though, is. When we had that mindset, when we stood on those values, we all typically agreed on the same basic principles. And that was basically the first 10 amendments. That's basically what we agreed on. And to, to really summarize it in the declaration, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those were kind of the basic concepts that we all agreed on. That's not true anymore. We don't all agree that you should have freedom of speech. We don't all agree that you should have a firearm and the right to use it. We don't all agree that the government shouldn't be snooping in your business. So because of that, we should no longer be fighting for those individuals that will not agree with those basic tenets. We should not be standing with them. We should not be saying, yeah, you're, you're open to do business with us anymore uh, or continue doing business with us. You're, you're, you know, we're open to debate. We're open to, you know, you having your freedoms and whatnot. You don't even agree with our, our basic tenets, our basic ideas. Why should they be even allowed in the country if you can't agree with the basic laws of our system? And that that sound I mean, that sounds extreme, but they're literally the problem right now. Those people that won't agree with those basic tenets, they're literally the problem. They're the ones that are forcing us to do, do the vaccines. They're the ones forcing us to do the, the, the passports. They're the ones that were tra- championing uh, the mostly peaceful protests that were just, you know, $2 billion in damages, thousands of police officers injured, people injured, uh, businesses burnt down. Those are the same people that were encouraging that. Maybe it's time for us to um, uh, give them a taste of their own medicine and stop doing business with those individuals, stop interacting with those individuals, make their life uh, inconvenient uh, with services and whatnot. And, 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 Stop doing business with them. I, I don't know. I, I have difficulty disagreeing with that because they're they're the entire problem in this. And if you're not willing to stand on the basic principles of America, maybe you should be in a different country. Maybe you should be somewhere else where they do agree with you. The question is, is where would you go? I mean, if you look at all of the uh, all of the countries where we're seeing uh, the biggest revolt in the types of things you're talking about, these are these are the places that China. have had enough. Yeah, yeah, China. But I mean, really, are they are, are they so different? If you, you think mean, about um, it, if you think about it, I was reading something about China today, uh, and we can kind of segue into that way if you want. We can continue on about uh, about Canada tomorrow, but uh, I guess we need we kind of do need to move here. But China, okay, to to that respect, the New York Times is praising the handling of COVID or China's handling of COVID. That's disgusting. They've just put another. I, I, w- I want to say it's like another five million people in lockdown again. Because China has reinstituted a, a zero COVID policy. It's kind of like what the Aussies did. Now they've got, I think, a total of 11 million. And when I say lockdown, I mean, it's like the early days of Wuhan. You can't go in or out. You're stuck there. You can't move. They're, they're literally welding people still into still. their offices or their apartments. And yeah, they're still doing that. There, there's been, before they were taken down, people got screenshots of the 
uh, well, Weibo, I think is what it's called, right? The WeChat over there. They were getting some of the, you know, screenshotting those messages. And they were saying, look, we've been locked up in here uh, without any f- delivery of food or whatnot for weeks now. We're, we're, we're afraid we're going to starve to death because the government said they would bring us food and they haven't been bringing us food. Um, that wasn't a post from two years ago. That was a post from weeks ago, this year, in fact. The thing is, though, China does agree with their ideology. The people that don't agree with the, the basic American ideal that we're dealing with right now, they are communist slash fascists. To say they're Marxist is not really, it's not entirely accurate because it's not, it, it's a new blend of communism and fascism. It's a new blend. It's not the traditional way of, of trying to do communism in, in the sense of, you know, they kind of use socialism a bit to, to, to try to push into it. They, they realized mm-hmm. that communism never worked in the past and they have to do fascism to get there. And that's, what we're, seeing. that's what we're doing. Fascism didn't, didn't work but, either. Yeah, but they're trying to use fascism to institute communism. They're, they're trying to strong arm people into this system, basically. And to be fair, it, looking at it from, from a on-paper view, if you look at the implants they're wanting to do, the social credit system they're wanting to do, and uh, like the, the um, artificial realities and all the... With all of those implemented together, you would be able to control a populace and how they think, what they see, what they hear. You would be able to socially engineer the entirety of the society, and you could potentially create a communist utopia. The catch is, it's not a communist utopia. It's a fascist police state. But they're they're trying to to institute the idea of the utopia using fascism. Do, do you know what the 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 perfect Hollywood visual representation that everybody knows is as a communist utopia? It's Star Trek. That is the perfect, and that that's not a joke. That is a perfect representation of a communist utopia that we all know that we can see. That's what it is. There's no religion. Nobody wants for anything. All your needs are met. There's no money. Everybody's at peace. With the exception of there the, is, uh, there is currency though. The, that that's the catch. Energy credits. There, well, there yes. is a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a rationing of energy. So yes, in a yes, sense. Yes. But again, that's that's what it is going forward. Your carbon footprint. Yeah, that's your credit. Is that? It's less about what you spend money wise, and it's more about what your impact on the environment is. What they deem that to be, or your you know your impact on the environment socially, your impact on the environment. Credit, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's I, honestly, yeah, yeah. I think that I think honestly that it's going to be a, a nasty mix of the two. They don't have the environmental impact side of things in in their economy in China. They just have the social side of things. I don't see them implementing. I mean, China is probably one of the worst uh, environmental uh, detriments of our uh, of our world today. Disaster. Yes, that's not actually the, the the cause of the Chinese people per se. That's the Chinese Communist Party and their mismanagement of everything. Yeah, of course you got a populist that goes along with it. I'm sure, I mean, okay, so you can lay some blame there. But nonetheless, they don't have a uh, an environmental rating there. We would, we would. Oh yes, we're we're going to have to lead the way, right? By this sorry group of failures that are going to be running things and administering things. Are you kidding me? There's there's a caveat. It's not just that they would do that. It's that they already are doing that. The systems for the ESGs that we've been talking about, they're in place and have been in place for years. They they started first instituting this stuff, I think, back in 2012 or something like that. And they were doing it behind the scenes. So uh, investors and whatnot were already uh, seeing these numbers. It wasn't till recently that it, it became public knowledge. I don't know what, like a year or two ago. 
that it became public knowledge that this is this is actively going on and the average investor is seeing it or the average person is seeing it now. You can look at your own uh, ESG scores based on what your investments are. That's fairly new, if you will. Yeah. And, and more to that point, uh, you and I were having this conversation privately. I can tell you for a fact, I'm not going to say how, but I'm, I can tell you for a fact from my own personal experience, this wokeness that we're now experiencing, that's not new either. That's been going on for quite some time too. I want to say it was just right around the same time, perhaps a little bit sooner. That's when I started to see it. I started to see it around, I want to say, actually, no, it was before. I want to say that I started to see it around 2007, 2008, somewhere along in there. It was right around, it was right before the the uh, the, the financial crisis. I remember seeing that kind of talk going around, you know, the whole inclusiveness and equity and, you, and all that stuff. You've seen it before then too. You, you've seen the, the start of it before then too. You remember how you were um, Islamophobic? If you yes. were against, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah. Uh, after 9-11, we were all right. hounded on don't be Islamophobic. Yes. These right. are extremists. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it got it got even further in the corporate world, as in I, I remember a, a few years later, I started to see it in the corporate world. And I thought, what is all this? So that type of an attitude with awokeness, that's been around in the business world for a lot longer than what we're seeing it here. It's just now getting to the point where it's bleeding over into average everyday life. And it's just the same as you're talking about with the ESGs. That's been there for a long time in the investors. The average person on the street hasn't seen that. But now it's being pushed. Now that it's been set up and established everywhere else, now it's being pushed on society. Which is uh, where the idea of fascism comes in. You use government and business to push the people. And that's basically what you're seeing there is all the stuff was happening in business. The government and businesses were getting in bed together, doing their little fling, and they're trying to uh, not just nudge, but shove now at this point, uh, the average person into um, the little pockets they want them to go into or the, the direction they want them to go. Um, it, it's no more, you know, they're not, they're not doing the limbing thing anymore, trying to lead people. They're, they're now shoving them. So, yeah. Social engineering, right? That's what this has all been about, social engineering. One of the key institutions, and, and I'm I, when I say key institutions, I'm talking about like the pinnacle of the establishment when it comes to their baseline for all of the social engineering that they've done over the last two years. Johns Hopkins University, right? We've been looking at that institution since day one of COVID. Johns Hopkins, a once revered in a university, I might add, uh, it was it was actually appreciated for the longest period of time until it started to become nothing but political. Well, you'll be happy to know that they just did a new study and they have just found out, Bruce, I know this is going to this is going to shock you. They've just found out that lockdowns have had little to no public health effects and imposed enormous economic and social costs. Huh. It's almost like uh, it's almost like we were right in the very early days. It's almost like it didn't take a rocket scientist to to figure that out. Uh-huh. Now, my question is this. Two years in, going on three, why now? Why now? Why are you backpedaling now? Why are you coming out and, and, and admitting openly now what those of us who were just average nobodies, why are you admitting now that we were right? Not just us per se, but everybody else who said lockdowns don't work. You don't lock down healthy people. What are you doing? You don't shut down businesses. You don't shut down churches. You don't shut down schools. You don't shut down public events. You don't do that. None of it makes any difference. It's the lesser evil. It's the lesser evil. So 
we locked everything down in the pursuit of doing something good, right? We were trying to save society. It was it was a good motive. That is the lesser evil of yeah, we were we've been printing money for, you know, trillions of dollars a week uh for the last 78 76 78 weeks. We've basically destroyed the dollar, uh the entire world currency uh because of our mishandling and uh all the fraud that we um did, you know, the money that we earned uh earned uh fraudulently earned um manipulated markets. I mean, all of those things that is far worse than we were trying to do the right thing and it ended up not working. So many experts and public figures, I, I guess, I, for lack of a better term, medical experts, influencers, all the rest of it, people that were in the mainstream even said lockdowns don't work. You're banned immediately. If your views don't coincide with the World Health Organization, you're kicked off the air. You're ostracized. You're you're pushed out of the way. You're banned off of Twitter. You're banned off of Facebook. You're banned off of YouTube. You're delisted from Google everywhere unless you towed the line. Now, oh, what's well, no, it's it, it's OK to say that lockdowns didn't work. In the beginning, it was also if you don't think that masks work, then uh, you're banned. OK, well, now they're openly saying masks don't work, but yet you need to have you need to have them even more. What? But yeah, they don't work, but you still have to have them. Oh, yeah. They, they don't but, work, but it, they figured out that the, the pantyhose, right? Uh -huh. Yeah, you put the oh, right, pantyhose right, over the mask. Right. Yeah. Yes. You, you put that over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you tape it, too, if you do that, then that, that works, too. Yeah. 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 And the cloth ones that they told you were were wonderful and, and had all the effect, they, they don't work at all. They actually just, they're openly admitting that one now. And the vaccines, right? If you don't believe that vaccines work, well, then uh, that goes against the World Health Organization guidelines. and That's misinformation. We can't have that. And you're banned. Now they openly admit, look, it doesn't stop you from catching the disease. It doesn't stop you from giving it to somebody else, but you still have to have it. So you can say that vaccines are therapeutic, but you couldn't say that before. You couldn't say that vaccines, by that, by their own definition, by that decree, vaccines don't give you immunity. By them saying that it doesn't prevent you from getting it, it doesn't prevent you from spreading it, well then by that definition, that doesn't give you immunity. But yet, if you say that the vaccines don't give you immunity, then you're banned. So, somebody explain this to me. So now now it was, uh, well, you better believe that lockdowns work. You better believe social distancing works. If you don't, you're banned. Now they're openly saying, and I'm quoting here from the study, the authors wrote in the study, and I'm quoting, while this metadata analysis concludes that lockdowns have had little to no public health effects, oh, it's had a massive public health effect as far as it relates to disease, because the amount of public health damage that you people have inflicted through this concocted piece of nonsense and these bumbling idiots that you have in these these institutions. You know, the inmates are running the asylum here. That's what's going on. Let me explain something. On the other side of this, I, I mentioned yesterday about the banks, what needs to happen to them. On the other side of this, all of these politicians, these bureaucrats, and, and here's, here's the worst part, these behavioral psychologists that they have that are behind all of this. As we talked about SAGE in the UK, they have more behavioral psychologists in there than they do public health people. All of these psychologists, they need to go into an institution when this is all over, because the amount of mental insanity that they have inflicted on the populations of our nations can be classified as nothing less than criminal insanity, and it should be treated as such. That's why I make that statement. Please, if you're a listener and you disagree with me, send us an email on it. I'd love to hear your side of things. Dynamic podcast at protonmail.com. 
While the metadata of this analysis concludes that lockdowns have had little to no public health effects, they have imposed enormous economic and social costs where they have been adopted. It's taken you geniuses three years to figure this out. When common sense, which clearly you people have none of, common sense would have told you this from the beginning. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe we're making the wrong move here. Maybe we're making a bad decision. I'll tell you what's happening. What's happening is all of this house of cards is going to come crumbling down in the not too distant future. And if you think, oh, the pharma companies don't, they're not going to be held liable for this. The governments, they're not going to be held liable for this because they have liability protection, do they? You see, why do you think Pfizer's fighting so hard to repress that data? They've been ordered to release it. You remember how they said, oh, no, we need 75 years before we can release that. Kind of like the Fed. Well, now look, we need 10 years because we did some really sensitive stuff in there. The pharma companies decided they were going to quintuple down on that one. No, we need 75 years because the after effects. I mean, think think about how long that is. That is that is the second world war until now. That's how long they wanted in the, in the manner of time to release that data. Why did they want that much time? Because the data that they've been pumping out is fraudulent. That's why. And here's the problem. They have got the governments tied up into this. They've got the bureaucracy tied up into this. They've got the banking system tied up into this. Now, we talked about, or we played the clip yesterday of the former BlackRock exec saying, we're at the end. Well, here's the other problem to this. There's another side to this coin. If you can prove fraud, which quite frankly, beyond the shadow of a doubt, this is the largest fraud case I've ever seen. If you can prove fraud and you can prove all the co-conspirators within that fraud, all of the liability protection clauses for all of these companies is dissolved and they will be held liable. So I think that there are certain institutions that are now going into self-preservation mode. As I said, once you start seeing this all fall apart and they're openly lying about things, it's only a matter of time. Where's Fauci? I'm asking. Where's Fauci? Anybody seen him? I haven't seen him. He's due to be making his rounds on, uh, on mainstream media. I haven't seen him at all. It's kind of strange. Where is he? Where's Gates? I haven't seen him either. Usually he's making his rounds, making statements in one way or another. I haven't seen him lately. Doesn't he have a speech somewhere to give? lecturing all of us about how we're terrible and we need to do exactly what he says and we need to take stuff from him. You see, the system is now starting to come apart and everybody that's been involved up to this point, the high institutions, the uh, whatever, the hedge funds or, or whoever's been involved in this, the governments and bureaucrats and, and hospital folks, they're now going to start distancing themselves. They're going to start pulling back. What needs to happen now is you need to start having people defect. When I say defect, people need to start coming forward and they need to start making deals. The best thing that any of you bureaucrats within the system, if you can hear the sound of my voice, is start coming forward and cut a deal now while you can. And that goes for anybody in the medical establishment. You better come forward now and you better start making a deal while you can. Because once the criminal prosecutions start, once this all comes unraveled, and believe me, they know what's going on very well out there in the streets across these nations. They can see it. The people want justice. They want vengeance. And I'm talking about a legal, just court of laws. I'm not talking about guns and swords and knives and all the rest of that. That's not where this needs to go. This needs to be done peacefully, quietly, and justly. But once that hammer drops on the establishment and these institutions, the people that have not come forward, the ones that have not decided to make a deal, you're going to go down with that ship. And that's not that, that's not some kind of a uh, that's not some kind of a, a wild accusation. That's historical fact. You got anything else? I would just uh, add to that. Keep in mind that all of this, they want you to respond with violence. That's what they want. 
they need that struggle. They need that uh, to, to push their revolution even further and faster. Um, so violence is not the answer in this. You're absolutely right. They need the struggle. If they're indeed trying to create the system, which is, I fully agree with you that that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to create this nasty concoction of Marxism and, and well, communism and fascism. And it's just, it's all based on Marxism and it's just, it's, it's horribly disgusting, but that's what they're trying to do. So every form, regardless of, of what you think of either one of those ideologies, it's authoritarian in nature and authoritarianism needs to be avoided at all costs. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. So we are going to have to go for those of you, as I said earlier, for those of you who have any feedback to give us, we would love to hear from you. Please do so by dropping us a line anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.